Genesis, the ninth chapter, starting at the twelfth verse. <clears throat> when you get there, please say amen. Chapter 12 of Genesis, I mean, chapter 9 of Genesis, verse 12 says, And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Let's bow here to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. And Father, we thank you this morning for the people that you brought this way to hear your word, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you remove me and show forth nothing but you, Father, that people can receive the word that you have given to this vessel so that I may be able, through the Holy Spirit that deals with me from within, to give it to this people of yours, Father. Now, Father, I thank you for your healings that you brought forth. I thank you for the strength and the love that you've given to us for one another as well as for you. Father, I thank you for your blessings. And Father, I thank you for our help this morning. I was coming down the road, Father, and I started praying to you and giving you thanks for just being able to move my arms so that I could steer the steering wheel on that car. Father, I just thank you for bringing all that to my attention. I don't want to take nothing for granted, Father. I just want to be in position to adore you, Father, to worship you to the best of my little ability. So, Father, I thank you for the grace that you've given all of us. And I pray that you will continue to keep us and guide us in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the word covenant means that it's a contract. And we know that there's always a, a contract involved, a covenant, but it means that there are two parties involved in this. So God, he, he speaks the fact that he makes a covenant with the earth. The earth is one party. God is the other party. And he initiates this contract between himself and us. We didn't initiate the contract. He did. But in order for the contract to work, both parties must agree to it. Now it was during the time of Noah that there was some serious wickedness going on in the world. Some very serious wickedness. Just like it is today. Matter of fact, today it's even worse. Because the population explosion has grown, and because of the growth of it, where man is, the more man is, the more evil is. The way it is. Man is an evil being. He, you don't believe me? Look at the news every day. And you'll see just how evil he is, or better yet, you, you just need to look in the mirror sometimes. You see all we can stand. Am I right about that? So here it is that during this time there's a lot of wickedness going on in the world because of the things that had transpired. And the wickedness was so bad until God he decided to destroy what he had created. Just wipe it out. And, and, and see, at that time, God had not put restraints on himself yet. He hadn't. And I'll prove it to you in the word here in a minute. But at that time, see, God had not put restraints on himself. Not at that time. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. Do not always show it to you in the book. 
So, he speaks the decree to destroy the earth. But the Bible says, but Noah, which we talked about a few months ago, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Somebody say, but Noah. Noah means rest, the soul that is in rest with God. Has anybody been lately, you know, out of sync with God, restless? Is it anybody that needs the peace of God to come inside of them and just settle them down so that they can hear what God is saying? You see, we're in this world right now, and this world is taking us for a joyride. Straight ahead for a storm. Because we get caught up in this stuff. And this stuff is pulling at us. And instead of us looking within, what we're doing is, is we're being pulled from within ourselves to look at the things that are all around us. And it's destroying us. And it's destroying our integrity. It's destroying our character. It's just destroying us as a people. So Noah, he obeys God. And there are eight souls that were saved with him in this situation. Eight of them. Eight is the number that explains a new beginning in your life. God has given us a new beginning. But whosoever will, let him come. Let him receive this new beginning. God is not going to make you do it. But God has a new beginning for all of our lives. All we have to do is accept. That's all we have to do. So the word of the Lord says that Over here in Genesis 8, to go back with you for a minute here. Go to Genesis 8, 20 and 22. Genesis 8, 20 through 22 reads as thus. And Noah, which is the soul that is in the rest with the Lord. Noah built an altar unto the Lord. In other words, the soul that rests itself in the Lord, what it does is it Build an altar unto the Lord. And we know that God has said, let us allow ourselves to become a living sacrifice. You see, that's what the soul that has rest in the Lord does. It presents itself to God as a living sacrifice. See, that's what Noah did here. Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and he took every clean beast, which means that all of his affections were clean that he took to the Lord, and every clean fowl, meaning that all of his thoughts were pure with the Lord. He took it to the Lord, and he sacrificed and offered burnt offerings on the altar. In other words, burnt offering means that he ascended upon high. What did he ascend with? He ascended with clean affections and clean thoughts to the Lord. He, he took clean beast and every clean fire. So what God is saying, we need to clean up our nasty desires that we have and we need to clean up our filthy thoughts that we have before we try to take anything and put it on the altar and give it to God. Can I get an amen? So what the Lord is saying in verse 21, and the Lord smelled. Look what the Lord did now. Because I've been teaching y'all about how the soul gives off a sweet smell into the Lord, which goes up into his nostrils and that's pleasing to him. Look at verse 21. And it says, and the Lord smelled a sweet Sabbath. And the Lord said in his heart, look what he did to it. You see, when man chooses to do it right, Instead of God wanting to kill him, what does God do? He repents. The Bible says when he smelled what Noah 
the soul that's in rest with God, when he smelt what that individual had to offer up to him, the Lord said in his heart, I'm in Genesis 8, 21, he said, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smit any more everything living as I have done. You see, you see, God at that time didn't have any restraint on himself. And I'm going to show you in a minute where in the Bible we put a restraint on his own self. You know why? Because God is an all-powerful, all-knowing God. And when God speaks something, it comes to pass. So God had to remind himself of who he was so that he would do that again. I'll put it to you in the word in a minute. Just let me work this a minute. It says in verse 22, while the earth remaineth, that's going to be what? Seed time harvest. Somebody say it. Seed time harvest. Oh, y'all don't mean it. Y'all don't say it like you mean it. Y'all won't say it like you mean it, but there'll also be cold and heat. And there'll also be summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease as long as the earth remaineth. But look at this word again. Look at it a little bit closer here. Somebody say, seed time and harvest. Because seed time and harvest is something that we have to do. If you don't plant nothing, then won't nothing grow. Am I right about it? All right, but look at the word of God. Look at verse 22. It says, while the earth remaineth, there's going to be seed time and harvest. That means that there's something that we are going to have to do. But at the same time, look what else is being done that we don't have no control over. There's going to be cold. There's going to be heat. There's going to be summer. There's going to be winter. There's going to be day. There's going to be night. It's not going to cease. We don't have any control over that. But seed time and harvest. Somebody said it's left up to us. It's left up to us. That's the only thing in there that's left up to us as long as the earth remains. God said, I'll take care of the rest. But here's where you and I are going to have to come into agreement. It's on seed time and harvest. I give you the seed, you plant it. When I grow it, you harvest. Back over here in Genesis 9, verse 12. Now let's go on down through here. It says that this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generation. That means forever. Non-stop. Now look what he said. Here's where he put a restraint on himself. He says, I, verse 13, I do set my what? Bow in the cloud. See, you got to have something he can see to remind him. Look what he says here. And it shall be a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the boat shall be seen in the cloud. And I'll do what? Remember. My covenant. God had to put something there that would remind him of his all power and his all wisdom. Otherwise, he'd have been done wiped it out again. You got to understand now what this book is saying here. Forget to tell your neighbor. Let God tell us. Amen. That's what we need to do. Is let God tell us what his word is saying here. So in this word, he says in verse 13, I do set whose boat? My boat. Hold up. What does that boat, that word boat mean? It means power and wisdom. Genesis 
all the way to Revelation about the cloud of cover. That's, 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 that's the name of this series. It's called Cloud of Cover. You see, what people don't understand is, and I thought to explain that to a man of the night, that, you know, you need the covering of a local church. Amen. Church, y'all better hear what I'm saying. If you don't think, if you think that you can do this on your own, watch this. When somebody dies in your family, don't you need a pastor Amen. to come and preach to you and again and so on? That's your covering. When you sick in the hospital, don't you need somebody? Amen. Oh, you don't need nobody to be sick on your back, but I'm just being real about the church. Amen. See, see, you can't just sit over here and say, well, I got God and I got the rest of the story. No, you're crazy. You can't do that, church. So you're going against God's word. God's word says, forsake not the assembly of the brethren. How you gonna go above God's word? No man is an iron unto himself. No way. When you get flat on your back, you need a covering. You need a church family. Everybody that was outside of that ark died. Yes, sir. Everybody. Not some of them. I say everybody. And that's the same way we live out in this world today. Because the flood of Satan killing everybody. Everybody want this, everybody want that, everybody want this, everybody want that, but look here. Little babies are dying. He's killing little babies. So tomorrow ain't promised to nobody. Even the little babies. I'm just being real about this thing. See, 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 God wants to preach to you so that you can hear God. Because God is trying to talk to us and let us know that we don't have to have I said we don't have to have Time running out. So he places his power and his wisdom, the Christ, in that word. Because Christ is the word. And in that word is the power and the wisdom of God. So God, he did what? He set in that cloud, that bow. He set that bow in there. To remind him of how powerful he was, all powerful. See, he needed that. He needed to know. Because before then, he just wiped out. So every time he get ready to kill us now, and trust me, Need I say anymore? You trust. Somebody say, thank God for the boat that's in the clock. Because every time he's going to check us out, he get ready to do it. And you see the boat. And you see the cross. And it has to back him up. Because you see, that's the covenant that he made. And the book says in Psalms 138, verse 2, I believe, that he said his word above all his name. All his name. Not some of it. He magnified his word. In the beginning was what? Amen. And the word was with him. And the word was God. So the word of God says in Psalms 119.89, now look, he said, he said his boat in the cloud, that cloud is the word of God, that boat is the power and the wisdom of God, and what did he say? He said it in the cloud, he said it in the heavens. All right. The Bible says in Psalms 119.89 that thy word, I think it says, is forever settled in heaven. Forever settled in heaven. Forever. In other words, ain't nothing gonna change. I don't care how much man try to change this word. God said, My word is all it's settled forever in heaven. And this is the way it is. And ain't nothing gonna change it. Man, it talks about it in the book of things of how man will think to change the times and the laws, but it ain't gonna work. It won't work, church. We have an obligation because God has us under contract. When we got saved, we signed on the dotted line. 
How many people saved up in here? I mean, saved. I don't lie. How you living? Put your hands down. How you living? Now, how many people saved up in here? Okay. Because see, how you living will detect whether you're saved or not. Now, it's, I'd rather for you to tell the truth and God not bust you out. Because if you tell the truth, then God can work with you. Like he worked with the rest of us. He doesn't work with all of us. We all got some problems. But all we got to do is keep trusting in the Lord. We have to do that. We have to do that. Now, the word of God says here in Colossians 3, 2 that we ought to set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Why? Because that's where that cloud is. That's where God's word is, settled in heaven. You see, God's word is forever settled in heaven. So if God's word is forever settled in heaven, don't you think that's what we need to be looking forward to? See, we need to stop looking at this earthly stuff and call it church and start looking in the heavenly realm. Because the heavenly realm takes you higher. And the higher you go, the cleaner the air is. The higher you go, the less crowded it is. Don't you ever get tired of people crowding you out? You just need some space. So God helped New York, L.A., Atlanta, and all out through there. And God knows where else. God helped us. So the word of the Lord says that he makes this covenant. And it shall come to pass, verse 14, when I bring a cloud over the earth. In other words, when I bring a word over mankind and I speak to him, I'm going to also have that bow in there because I know that man ain't going to hear. And I know that I'm going to want to take him out like I did before. But I put that bow there to put a restraint on me. How many of y'all know that God's word will restrain him too? That's how powerful the word is. He placed the word above himself. The only impossible thing that God can't do is tell a lie. So he put that restraint on himself to kill, to keep from killing us again. That's what he said in his word. I just read it. Verse 15 says, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Thank God for the bow. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus, because that's what that bow is. And verse 16 says, and the bow shall be where? Did you not know that the power and the wisdom of God is in his word? That's where it's at. It says that, I, I, and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, this is the token. He's talking to those of us who are resting in the Lord. He said, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. Now let's follow this cloud, because this is the first place that this cloud is spoken about. And it's spoken all through the Bible. Let's follow and everywhere you go in this Bible, when you see a cloud, I guarantee you, Christ's going to be somewhere involved in it. There's something going to be in that cloud that's being revealed, because that cloud represents the Word of God. See, see God wants us to listen and hear the Word of God. God does not want us to hoop, holler, and run all around that we did praise worship. Last time we eat. How many of y'all, when y'all went to dance, 
in the evening, and that's what we're doing now. We're being fed with the word of God. How do they y'all talk to eat at the same time? Don't you sit down and act properly? Well, that's the way God expects us to do. See, there's a time for everybody. Right now is time for us to receive the instructional revelations of God so that our life will become better. This is why the church is in the situation that it's in now. They're dying because my people perish because of a lack of what? They don't have no knowledge of what the word is saying. None. And the blind lead the blind and they both were foolish. You better tell me something if you if you want to stand and holler at me all doing no sermon and have me pay my money and you don't tell me something. Amen. I can't get no amen now, can I? I ain't hurt nobody's feelings, down. I'm just telling you what to look for. I got to tell you what to look for. You got to look for knowledge. We want to be fed. We do. We want to be fed. Because I'm telling you, we're in some dangerous times in this world. And death is hanging right at the door of all of us. And we better be geared up with God. I ain't saying it because I'm trying to scare you. I'm saying it because it's true. And I'm a preacher of truth. I have to be. Now you look at Exodus 13, 20 through 22. Exodus 13, 20 through 22. Exodus 13, 20 through 22. Are we there? Because we're following this clock. Look what the word of God says. And they took their Jews. This is when Israel left Egypt. That's when the church gets saved and leaves the world. Okay? I look what happens. Because how many of you know that the world will have you in bondage? That you need? Some of us don't want to admit to that. World ain't still our buddy, is it? Because if the world is our buddy, we don't need no enemy. If the world is what we call our friend, we don't need no enemy. I'm talking to all of us in here because that world will kill us. That world's a dangerous place to be in. I know what I'm talking about. All men fall short of the glory of God, but get up. Get up. Because we're living in dangerous times. Look at the word. It says, and they took. I'm I'm coming out of uh, Exodus 13, verse 20. It says, and they took their journey. That word journey means that they pulled up. Mm, somebody need to pull up. And they took their journey from where? Sukkot, which means uh, out of place. So what they did was they had to pull up from that place where they were. You know that place where ain't nothing happening? God said, oh, it's time to pull up from there. It's time to pull up. And they took their journey from Sukkot. And what did they do? They encamped in where? Etham. That word Etham means their strength and their sign. That's what Etham means. Let's look at Proverbs eleven fourteen. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "Where no counsel is, the people what fall." But in the multitude of counselors, safety is there. Are we all there? We need to see that. Because, you see, we need to understand that safety dwells in the council. The multitude of counselors. It says here, where no counselors, you know, and you can't tell nobody nothing. <laughs> where there is no counsel. The people do what? Fall. People. Let me tell y'all something right now. Oh. The worst thing that any of us can ever do is not to receive counsel. Because we're headed for fall. You know what refusing to receive counsel means? 
It's a practice, and a practice period goes right before the call. That's what God is waiting for. Before the Savior. So we have to be very careful about that. Because that can hurt us. That can really hurt us. Really hurt us. Ethan. Look what it can't say. Exodus 13, verse 20. And they took their journey from Sukkoth. They pulled up and they got out of that place that they were in. And they encamped in Etham, which is their strength and their sign, in the edge of the wilderness. Look where they stopped at now. At the edge of the wilderness. They didn't go in. They took up their encampment at the edge of the wilderness. Because at the edge of the wilderness, there was something there waiting for them. That's and the edge of the wilderness there means you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You see, once you get saved, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. But before you can go any further, watch this. Something is there waiting for you. So they encamp right there at a place called Ethan, which means their strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 16. And not only there, but their sign. That word even means their sign. There was something there waiting for them. See, before you can go through this earthly life of existence called the wilderness and be in the world while going through it, but not of the world. See, see you got to have some care. Now watch this word. Watch this God's terminus here. Right there at the edge in verse 21. First of all, and in verse 20 it says, And they took their journey from Sukkot and encamped in Ethan in the edge of the wilderness. And look at verse 21. And the Lord went before them. The Lord was there waiting on them. He was waiting on them in a cloud in the word. You see what I'm trying to say here, church? See, that word has to be the one that takes us to that place where we need to be. You see, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. In the, that pillar, the power, the wisdom, the strength. Where was it at? In the word, the cloud. Same thing in the boat, right? You see, it's still there. But before they could go into that wilderness, they had to have that word with them and they had to have the power and the wisdom of God with them also in order to go through that wilderness. It said it led them the what? The way. Who is the way? Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the Lord, verse 21, said, and he went before them by day, because it's required that the word of God and his power and wisdom is what leads us in the what? In Christ. And by night, in a pillar of fire, because by night to give them light to go by day and night. So at night, he came as a fire, as a light. Well, I think it's Psalm 12. 119, somewhere on there. 119, verse 105. Take me from home, he said, Thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. See, at nighttime is when you need that light. You see? It's at nighttime during the time that you're going through adversity, during the time that you're going through sickness, during the time that you're going through pain and discomfort and death in your family and stuff. See, that's when you need the comfort of the light of God. Because you see the light, but it's also a light unto your feet. The Bible says in Psalms 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So you see, during your time, you can't go no further. You don't know what else to do. The word of God says, that I'll lead you in your nighttime season as a light into your path. And a light into your feet. But 
got to be allowed the word to do it. You can't be doing it. Sick. You can't be feel like doing it. Just don't feel like doing it tomorrow because that's the time. When the light goes out, you might fall into the demon because it's nighttime. And you can't see where you're going. When you shut the light. Okay? It's predators out there. You got nocturnal animals out there that Where did the Lord say here? Verse 22. Look what he did. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day. Why? Because it's required. Day means required. God's not going to take the strength of his word away from us. Nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Let's go to Exodus 14, 19. We're following this cloud. I'm going to show you something here. See how God moving with this thing. We need to be taught what God's word is saying. How I'm seeing people getting short-trained from God's word. There's some folks in every church in this world that want to hear what this word is really saying. They want to know, they want to come out of kindergarten, want to come out of, of grammar school, Amen. want to come out of, well, all you need to do is be saved. No, you need to be more than saved. Amen. You need to grow up in this thing. You need to grow up in this thing. You've been teaching the same thing 50 years. Where the people broke that? How they going to grow? If, all, if, you, if you don't learn two plus two equal four, then why you keep teaching that? It's time now to go on to something else. We've been teaching two plus two equal four too long. Everybody know that. Everybody know you're going to hell if you don't get saved. The heathen even know that. Tell the people something that they don't know, like I'm teaching to do here now. Verse 19, Exodus 14, verse 19. Exodus chapter 14, verse 19. Are we there? And the angel of, the, of God, which went before the camp. Now, this is Jesus, the angel of God here. He said, which went, because he's the one that's in the word. Which went before the camp of Israel. See, he went before them, right? When they first started going through. He removed and went behind them. Look what he did. And the pillar of the cloud went before their face that went before their face and stood behind them. It changed position. Why? Because Isaiah 59, 19 said, when the enemy comes in out of flood, the Lord will never understand. So here's what the enemy does. The enemy sees you trying to break through. Listen to me, church. I'm going to hit you. God is speaking to you. The enemy sees you trying to do better. Mm -hmm. He sees that you are about to cut him loose. And he don't like Because we done left Egypt. Now who would we got to work for? So he's going to pursue us now that he's come back to his senses. Because God done tore him off over there with some honey plague, nine, ten, honey was. Ten of honey. Anyway, all his plagues. But he ain't got his senses back now, you know. Now he's got that Holy Spirit in him now he's going to be coming. That's why for a little while you can go with this thing and he don't challenge you. See, because God done hooked on him so bad that he got to get his head together too. And that's his fault. See, the cloud comes into a real position. When he comes into a real position, he set a trap to ambush that demon. The light is continuing to shine that way, but it's darkness back here. The enemy can't see nothing but the darkness. Because it's nighttime. And the light is going that way, shining on God's people. Because he doesn't reverse it. But God reversed himself in position because he knows the enemy coming. He got to set up a standard here. 
So the enemy is coming hard to try to knock us off. Now here's where the danger is, people. The danger is, remember I always talk about the stragglers? Amulets always get those who last. Now, that's why we got to run with the pack. Somebody say run with the pack. It's safety in numbers. Run with the pack. When you're with the pack, the cloud got you covered. But when you're straggling, oh God, you, you're on your own. Oh, y'all don't get that. Did you get it? I say you're on your own when you're straggling. You don't let the pack. You don't let the safety, Bob say in the but in your counsel, you fall. You out of the counsel now. Here's what's going on, being protected by God. You hear. That was Sunday, that's Sunday. Amen. Amalek, the strangler, he could tear you up. All the harm, you decide. Continuing to prosper, they're continuing to do good. But now you allow all these things in the world to isolate you. And now you're captive by these pictures of you. And you're in pain, and you're happy. And you don't know which way to go. But God's a merciful God. All you have to do is call. Amen. And He'll be there for you. But you can't play on it. Don't try it. So let's go to Exodus 16. 10. We're just tracking the cloud. That's all we're doing. Tracking the cloud. Amen. Exodus 16. 10, 12, and 8. 10 through 12. And back up to verse 8. Over there. Exodus 16. Look at the word of God in verse 10. Let me start at verse 10. It says, And it came to pass. And Aaron spake unto the who congregation? Whole congregation. So the word of God is speaking to all of us. Somebody say, don't get mad, get glad. He's talking to all of us. He talked to me first with it. He told me up first. I'm just a deliverer. Don't shoot the messenger. Shoot the one that gave the message. Shoot him. Don't shoot me. I'm just Obey. And it came to pass as Aaron, Aaron means brightness, the brightness of God, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness. Mm -hmm. See, when you look toward that aspect that you're in the world, but you're not of the world, then you're able to see the glory of God appear in this world. Y'all see it? You see it there? When they look toward the fact that they are in the world, but they're not of the world, then and only then will we be able to see God's glory in trial, which is the word of God. But look, he spoke to the whole congregation, right? Well, over here in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 through 4, it talks about how all our fathers... We're under the cloud and in the sea. And they were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And not only that, but they were all eating of the same spiritual meat and drinking of the same spiritual water from the rock, which rock was Christ, that spiritual rock. See, in other words, we're all 
under this baptism. All of us. But God says, whosoever will, let him come. Translate, whosoever will, let him hear. Because God's word says, how can they hear unless they have a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's been sent? So, so in order to hear, people say, I hear God. You got to have a preacher to, to hear. You got to. Because God ain't going to reveal so much to you as a sheep. But you got to have a preacher to hear. Otherwise, God is a lie. And the only thing God can't do is tell a lie. And it's written in God's word. That in order to hear, you got to have a preacher. But look what the God's word says in verse 11 here. Exodus 16, verse 11 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the what? Ain't nobody been murmuring at God said, I've heard the murmuring, the murmuring. You know how we do. I heard the murmuring of the children of Israel. <laughs> Speaking to them, saying, At evening ye shall eat flesh. See, what they were doing was they were murmuring about the diet that God was giving them. See, God was giving them manna from heaven, but they wanted flesh. They wanted earthly things. See, they started lusting for the things of the flesh to eat on. And they started murmuring. It says here that at evening, verse 12, Exodus 16, 12, I heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speaking to them, saying, At evening ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. So here's what he did. When the church gets spiritually obese, and they start taking God's word for granted and the level of God's word, you know how we do. We get complacent. Complacent is another a good word for lazy. I prefer to say what we say lazy. And we think that what we have from God, we can get it in. And the blessing that God has given us. So what we do with now, we're filled with manna in the morning, in the breakfast, because everybody likes breakfast. Yeah, everybody likes breakfast. Yeah, they like that. But in the evening, when we're supposed to be in our best day, because evening and the morning was the first day. See, God don't see us in our worst day or our beginning state in the morning. He sees us in our evening state, which is our best day. He knows our end from our beginning. See, he don't look just the way we look at it. See, see, see we might be going through trials and tribulations.
say, kind of like God. I got something for so, so what happens is, is God, what he does is, we get full in the moment, which matters from heaven. And then we become complacent. And it's very important we do is, now we want to start listening for the things of the flesh. Do we not? Say amen? Amen. amen. That's what we do. We start lusting for the flesh. Because, see, now we feel like, okay, I can do my best. I can trick myself to do it. That's a step up from hell. I've done that plenty of times. Bust my head. Amen. That don't work. I got time to bust my head. I'll fight hard now. Yeah. Head all busted up. Head all knotted up. Come back up and have to stick in a crazy chair. Got to do what God says. But yeah, let's get tired of your bed, man. Sit down. Sit down, man. Go back to sleep. Sit down. Kill yourself. You know, you know what I'm saying? Help me, Lord. Help all of us. Because we want to eat that flesh. You see what they want to do here. Verse 8 said, And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening in your best state. That's when we. We gotta give us what we ask for. I, I say God will give you what you ask for. You want flesh in your best state. When I'm about to do the best thing for you, that's when I'm gonna give you that which is gonna kill you. Soon as they was eating, in their mouth, while they were chewing it, they were falling dead. Yes, they were, really. Because he gave them what they wanted. He said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the morning or in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to the full. For that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. You say you're murmuring against me. Say him. And what are we? In other words, Moses said, who are we? That you're murmuring against us. Your murmurings are not against us, but against who? Somebody say it right. Say it like you mean it. See, when God talking to us, we don't, we, we, show you that in a minute, too. I'll show you that in a minute. Look at 19, Exodus 19, verse 9. We're just moving around along. I'm just going to, we're following this cloud. We're following this cloud. Because God is trying to show us something that, that we, we, we really do need. To see and take hold of. Uh, 19.9, okay? He said, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a what kind of cloud? In other words, didn't he show his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel? Didn't I tell y'all, I think last week, that he shows the church folk his acts? People always look for a miracle. People always look for healing. People always, that's an act of God. But we're looking for the ways of God. Somebody say, let me have the ways of God. Amen. It's about the ways of God, not the acts of God. See, the church folk looking for acts of God. They look for God to show up in an act. I hear Oh, that's good. But I want to see his ways. The book of Psalms says, I guess. He showed Israel the acts of God. But he showed Moses the ways of God. And the ways of God where? In where? In the sanctuary. And what's inside the sanctuary? The table of God. So he showed Moses what was inside of you. That's the difference right there. See, once you know what's inside of you, that develops the power so that you are a walking miracle. You can speak those things out and on as though they So you don't have to wait on other stuff to happen. Now you can speak it and bring it into existence. That's the power that we carry around with us. But we don't know that we carry it around for because the church has never told us what we have inside of us. See, the church has only told us about a man, 
called Jesus. Never told you about the one that displays his power in you and how to get it displayed. You see, it's different. In order to understand how to work it, you got to know the ways of God, not the acts of God. As long as you see the acts of God, you'll never understand the ways of God. There's a difference. And we went over that last week from the Bible. So, he took him in a thick cloud, took Moses. Why? Because he didn't want the children of Israel to know his ways. So the thick cloud kept them from being able to see what the word was really saying. But Moses, from within the thick cloud, was voicing what God was saying. And they got hot with Moses, the church did. They said, we don't want to hear you. We want to hear God. <laughs> I got God in me. Okay. Let's watch the word. What was the word? Pass that one. Did you get us? Did you get us? All right, let's see what happens here when it's. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee, verse 9, in a thick cloud, Exodus 19, verse 9, that the people may hear when I speak with thee. And he said the people would see. He said the people would hear. But the Bible said that Moses, he saw God face to face. That don't mean that he saw him pervading face to face because no man can look upon God and live. But what it means is that they were in agreement with each other. It says that, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. Uh-huh. And Moses told the words unto the people. No one I tell you that the word of God, Romans 10, verse 14 and 15, you don't have to go there, but how can they hear without a preacher? That's what he's saying here. He's saying, you know, and Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. See, Moses told them. He told it on. Go look at Exodus 20, verse 18 and 19. So this is what God does. Mm -hmm. So God takes and he said, okay, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and come and sacrifice yourself today and then tomorrow. And on the third day, you bring them up to the base of the mountain. No, don't, don't let them take that mountain because if they take that mountain, they're going to die. So put a parade up there. So they're going to run it up there the whole congregation. They're going to hear God. They're going to hear the preacher. They just gonna hear, they, yeah, they won't, you know, they done told me, no, we don't want to hear you, we want to hear God. So I say, okay, you tell them sanctify yourself, because they know I'm going to kill them. So you go on, you get them sanctified, you get them ready, so they get it. So God get up there for that mountain. Here come this cloud now on that mountain. Mm, that's that spiritual word. And God begins to voice himself to him when he came to man. Boom. 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 Mountain, you know, the Bible says when well, the fathers come down to sing in Revelation, that the mountain, that thing just free, you know what I'm saying. And, 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 and by the time God finished talking to them about the Ten Commandments, and what you want to say, oh, no, we don't want to hear God no more. No, only you talk for us. We don't, we don't want to hear no more. No, but you say, you say you the Lord of that. No, 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 no. Remove the filter. That's why God gave a preacher to you. I'm your filter. I watch out for your soul. Look at that. I can't do it. You know Some of y'all want to do it your way. I can't do nothing about that. I don't do no cheap old that. What I do now is I pray to you and send your one out to the dark because it ain't going to be long. So, he throws them Ten Commandments on them. And they start to find, I can't take it no more. I can't take no more of this. No, we will listen to you, Moses. We'll listen to you. She'll listen for a minute. Then they'll start hustling again. So, this is what happened. I'm just giving you the word. The Bible says, and all people saw the thunder in 18. I'm coming out of Exodus 20, 18. All the people saw the thunderings. 
and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpets and the mountain smoke. <laughs> and when the people saw it, they removed and they stood far off. See, they got scared. They got scared. They want to back up off this thing. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will do what? We will hear. Now they didn't want Moses to talk to them. They didn't want Moses to talk before God got a hold to them. But now they'll let Moses talk to them. Now that's what the word is saying here. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. You see, when God speaks to you, He don't speak to you, caring whether you get mad or not. Amen. I don't care about you getting mad at people. You got to understand that God is God, and God right that the only thing that He has is the trouble that brought. He had to put a restraint on Himself. So what God does is He takes this thing, and they say, "Okay, Moses, you talk to us." And I'm getting ready to close here. We're going to go to Exodus 40. Amen. So I, want you, I want you to understand what this word is saying in this, in this clock. Exodus 40. Exodus 40, verse 36 and 37. And I'm finished. Brenda, get ready to come on around. You can job, get ready, get ready. Amen. Now, Exodus 40, verse 37 Over there? Amen. Okay, let's look at 36, 37. Over there? Amen. I leave the word. We're talking about this cloud, which is this word. It says, and when the cloud, somebody say, word. Word. When the cloud, which is the word, was done what? Taken up from over the what? How many of y'all know what the tower has to be? That's this. That's this right here, people. Hello? Tabernacle is this. Word of God is over this. When the word of God moves, you move this. This is the word here. Bible says that when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. You don't move because I tell you to move. Bible says, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Somebody say, you don't move to God. Say, you don't move to God. You don't move to God. You don't move to God. You ever planted something, Sister Rebecca, tell me, baby. You ever planted something, a tree. And I've used this scenario before to give the people an understanding of something. Have you ever planted a tree, right? Now, you're the master of that tree. That's your tree, right? You planted it in your yard, right? And then you get up the next morning, that tree doesn't unrooted itself, it doesn't move without your consent. What you gonna do with that tree? You're gonna bring it back. Honey, it's supposed to be good again, it can't move again. Then what you gonna do? You're gonna let it go. You're gonna do something with it. Huh? In other words, what I'm trying to say is that a tree that you plant ain't got no business uprooting itself and moving itself somewhere. It'll ride off. Amen. We need God. We can't do this on our 
says in John 4, 20, 40, God is a spirit straight away from us. And those that worship him must worship him, God, in spirit and in truth. Not in stuff, not in the world, not in history books. God is a spirit. We are spirits. And all of us to connect with God, we got to connect with him in the spirit. Amen. There's no other way. Any other way, Jesus said about the thief in the law. You must come in by the door. God bless y'all. Amen. Amen. Amen.